0: That over the last 30 years, Doctor Dave Williams has inspired—I'm sorry—literally millions of people around the world in venues including seminaries, seminars, colleges, citywide campaigns, crusades, conferences, church um, congregations, even worldwide readers. Because he's got books out all over the world. His internationally um, acclaimed, pace-setting leadership course, which I went through and we actually taught at this church, by the way, is being used to equip leaders in North and South America, Russia, Western Europe, Asia, Indonesia, many parts of Africa. This course has been translated into several different languages, including Russian, Chinese, Portuguese, Indonesia, French. He's an award-winning, best-selling author, over 60 books. I know some of these, um, where's Pastor Denny? Pastor Denny, have you read all of them? He was, he's read all of them, all 60. That's pretty cool. But over 60 books, uh, including the platinum bestseller New Life, The Start of Something Wonderful. Again, we use that book quite often in our church to give to new believers. Over 2.5 million copies of this book have been sold and are now published in eight different languages. Wow. Um, pastor uh, Williams also served as the pastor of Mount Hope Church in Lansing for more than 30 years. Hallelujah. During that time, now listen to this. Listen to this because he's put his anointing in this place. Come on, listen to this anointing. 43 daughter churches were planted regionally during that time. Regionally. And over 500 daughter churches were planted internationally. Wow. Wow. During his tenure, Dr. Dave led the church in giving over $40 million to missions. Come on, that is so good. Dr. Dave and his wife, um, Mary Jo, are founders of Strategic Global Missions, a ministry that provides scholarship for church planters and grants inner-city children's ministry. He has been a coach and a coach to the leadership here. To pastors, to leaders, millionaires, and super achievers Ladies and gentlemen Please welcome Dr. Dave Williams hey.
1: Thank you Oh God bless you You guys are so amazing I love what God is doing here in Beulah at Cornerstone Assembly God. I love it. And I love seeing many of the same people again, and new people as well, because it tells me something about you, about your solidity. You are solid. And Pastor Brenda, thank you and Brian for having me. And Pastor Neil, thank you for bringing me up here the first time, about what, seven years ago, I guess, something like that. Because if, if you had not done that, I would not have met the prophetess Deborah, you know, I would never have known probably Pastor Brenda and Brian. And I, Dave and Lynette Schneider were in our church for many years. Uh, and then they came up here and I lost touch with them. I probably never would have been able to reconnect with them and see the girls that were just little girls when they left our church. Amy and, and uh, Crystal and Dave, of course. And now seeing all their children, all their hundred and fifty children, you know, it's what a blessing. They are really, honestly, I have a newspaper article that hangs on my bulletin board about Dave and Lynette and the children that they, they adopted and all. I I don't know exactly where the newspaper article is from, but I've got it on my bulletin board because they are Mary Jo's heroes. And uh, they just love Dave and Lynette and the kids and what they're doing. And some of the kids traveled with me to Los Angeles. I know that uh, that uh, Crystal and Devin traveled with us along with uh, some other. Danae was with us and Dominic was with us. And Amy, I don't think you went on that one, did you? No. Nope. But they traveled to Angeles Temple where we ministered. Then we went up into the mountains. We ministered at Elevate Church. And it was just great having some of the Beulah Cornerstone Assembly people with us. They're great. You know, you, you raised up some great people here, Pastor Neil, Pastor Brenda. And I think it's it's really neat how Pastor Neil can be in this church after leading this church and now submitting himself under Pastor Brenda. And that's the way it is at Mount Hope too. I'm still at Mount Hope Church. They call me Bishop now. But uh, I'm still under the pastor. All my, all bishop, it's just relational. And the Feast of Tabernacle, this is the final fall feast. The feasts are amazing. The festivals of the Lord, because in Leviticus 23, it tells us they are appointed times. And I had a prophetic word about a year and a half ago. I was at a place called House of Prayer speaking, and I ministered, and Four prophetic words came to me suddenly, and one of them was the rising of prophetic intercessors in our churches. And another one of the prophetic words of the four, I won't give you the other two, but it was about the church is going to begin to understand the appointed times of the Lord. Because there's something very interesting during the appointed times of the Lord. That's a time, like the Feast of Tabernacles or the Festival of Tabernacles, that's a time when the Lord offers to meet with his people personally. And it seems that there is a gateway to heaven during these seasonal, I call them uh, uh, seasonal gateways, where God will tabernacle with the people for, for, for the whole week. And when you look at the... Symbology of the appointed times. Did you know that Passover was the first spring feast? Okay, it goes, and the first three feasts are rapid fire. You got Passover, and then immediately the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and then immediately the Feast of First Fruits, and then 50 days later you get the Feast of Pentecost or the appointed times. And what the Lord said is these are like dress rehearsals for something. And the, all the first four fall feasts, Jesus actually, the the lamb that was going to be slain for the, you know this already, I don't even need to say it, do I? The lamb that was going to be slain for the Passover festival was bound to the altar at nine o'clock in the morning at the exact same time Jesus was nailed to the cross. They slew that Passover lamb at 3 p.m. The exact time Jesus gave up the ghost, died on the cross. Then immediately it goes into the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And do you know the unleavened bread was cooked with stripes and punctures? And even Jewish people today, they have three pieces of unleavened bread with punctures and stripes. They don't even know what they're doing. They take the middle one, they hide it, wrap it in a linen, just the way Jesus was wrapped in a linen cloth and put in that borrowed grave. And it's like an Easter egg hunt. They go hide the linen and all the children have to go look for that second Father, Son, Holy Ghost, they use the second one. They they go look for that linen and whoever gets the unleavened bread that's wrapped in that linen that's hidden away gets the prize. I don't know what the prize would be. It might be something different in every family, but they're the ones that win the prize. And you that get the Son of God that was punctured for your sins and stripes were laid on his back for your healing, you get the prize you become royalty. Well, what happens? Now, it moves right in rapidly to the feast of first fruits. What happened on the feast of first fruits? Jesus came out of the grave. He was raised from the dead. Comes out of the grave. <laughs> it's amazing. And then he ascends to heaven 50 days later. The Holy Spirit arrives on the festival of Pentecost, or the festival of weeks. Now there's three feasts left. Prophetically, the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of of, of uh, um, Yom Kippur, but they, they call it the Feast of Atonement, Festival of Atonement. And then the Feast of Tabernacles. We're in the Feast of Tabernacles now and, and we're going into it. And, and it's, so here's the Feast of Trumpets. That's the only one they didn't know when it was going to be. The, they'd be out harvesting in the field and the priests had to watch the moon. It had to be in a certain position exactly and they never knew from year to year when the Feast of Trumpets would be. And then when when the priests would see that the moon is in its exact position for the Feast of Trumpets, they'd start blowing the shofars, the trumpets. They'd blow them. And that told all the workers, harvest is over. It's time to come, come bring everything to the temple. It's time to come in. Whoa, that's the only one. They didn't know the day or the hour exactly that it would be. And then we move into the feast of, of um, Yom Kippur, the feast of atonement. That's when Jesus comes the second time, and that's when every eye will see him. And the Jewish people will mourn for him like a mother with a lost son. And they're, all Israel will realize who their true Messiah is. And we're seeing something happen among Jewish people right now that's amazing. The door is opening to the Jewish people and the Bible says in Romans that there's gonna come a time when the last Gentile will come to Christ and then the door opens once again, the blindness comes off the Jewish people. And it's gonna happen throughout that final seven year Shabuah. We call it a Shabuah, that means seven. And then uh, the feast of, of salve- the Feast feast of Atonement. You see, the, the church has nothing to do with the Feast of Atonement. Jesus did that for us. It has everything to do with Israel. And so that's when they're going to know the one that paid for their sins, Jesus Christ. And then the Feast of Tabernacles. I believe that's symbolic of the thousand-year reign of Christ because when God is going to be with us, tabernacling with us. Can you imagine Jesus Christ, president of the world? And we're going to just go over there to Israel. The keynote speaker will be Jesus Christ. He'll be formulating his team and there's going to be peace and prosperity on the earth. People are going to live a long time, go back to like Noah's days, Live to be 800, 900 years old. If somebody dies when they're a hundred, everybody's going to shake their head and say, so young, so young. It's going to be a time when Jesus Christ, and you know what? Even God the Father is going to be here tabernacling with us for a thousand years. Praise God. Thank you for understanding the appointed times of the Lord. Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. I'm going to tell you this. I I believe I have come to help you open a gateway between I mean, open it a little farther. It's already open. But to open this window over Cornerstone and over your people, over the people here, and to give you a miracle access to heaven through Jesus Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about some really fun things today. Let me tell you, if you've never taken the Pace Setting Leadership course that's going all over the world now, it's, uh, we're on 200 campuses in America, universities, including Purdue, and 30 campuses out in California, Hawaii, Nevada, uh, Michigan, Indiana, other places. Um, it's, it's in the master's program of Destiny College International, which is an online college that you can do. Um, it's very inexpensive, and you can do all 16 sessions. It'll help your family, help your business, help your life, teach you how to set faith goals and reach them. And it's available online, davewilliams.com is my address, and you can look up uh, online courses and we've got videos, they're all videos, they're not just audios, but videos, and you get the workbooks, you get the book, you get everything you need to graduate with a certificate saying that you are a graduate of the Art of pace setting Leadership. So go to my webpage sometime if you want, davewilliams.com, that's all you need. And the table back there, we've got a few products left over. If they're not packing them up already, I don't know if they are or not. But if they are, you know, pick up the the gleaning out there if you would like. If you weren't here Friday and Saturday, there's some CDs out there that that you can get. Well, are you ready to go to God's Word? Let's stand and make a declaration together. Say it with me. I believe the Bible. It is God's Word. Inspired by the Holy Spirit I believe that book It shows me the way to heaven Through faith in Jesus Christ alone The book is filled with treasures Promises and assets That belong to me by faith Today faith will come My faith will grow And I will release my faith For miracles in my life, I declare the devil bound, unable to pluck up the seed that's planted in my heart this day. God, open the eyes of my understanding. Give me ears to hear what your spirit is saying. Give me a heart to obey and help Pastor Dave preach real simple in the name of Jesus Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And I want to thank you once again for being here. And I'd like to thank my intercessors that are sitting back there. I brought four intercessors from Lansing with me, and they've been praying night and day for, for you. And the Cornerstone Intercessors joined us this morning. I just believe that God is moving in a prophetic area in such a, such a condensed uh increased, multiplied way, because the prophetic is going to be part of the final harvest. Now, I'm going to read some scriptures to you that you're probably familiar with, but I want to emphasize certain parts of these scriptures because I really believe that there is a prophetic and seer anointing that's being loosed in these days there was a prophetic lady over in South Africa that had a vision of America being under like a blanket of tar. And it was smothering the people of America. And she saw, she saw something pushing up under the tar, big blanket of tar. It started out as just ash over America that began settling over people and businesses and schools. And she saw something trying to push out of the tar. And when it, when something pushed out of the tar. She realized it was a hand of an intercessor that broke through the tar and was being raised. And she saw hundreds and thousands of hands breaking through the tar and lifting them up to Jesus. And when they did, all of a sudden, little pieces of the tar started flying away. They were actually demons. Demons were trying to take over America. And all these little demons started flying out And because of the prophetic intercessors in America, America, the demons are leaving and the light of Jesus is coming. Now, thank God for prophetic intercessors. I remember, Brother Hagin, my publisher, Charisma, had a senior editor named Jennifer LeClaire. Jennifer LeClaire was our senior editor at the time. And she found this old tape By Kenneth Hagin, of course, he's gone to heaven. And on the tape, he was ministering, and he was telling about this supernatural experience happened while he was ministering, and it was about America. Somebody asked me about America yesterday, and I said in my latest book, Hope in the Last Days, there's a whole chapter on four potential scenarios for America, and I believe that when the prophetic intercessors rise up, it's going to be revival. It's going to be awakening. It's going to be renewal. It's going to be amazing in America. But, but I believe it's up to the church. If the church gets like the church of the Byzantine Empire, which was all Christian, the eastern leg of the, Byzant- of the Roman Empire called the Byzantine Empire, if the church gets like that church did, just lethargic and careless and weak and not praying, that's when the Muslims took over the entire Middle East called the Ottoman Empire, they came into towns, they would killed the father, raped the mother in the father's blood, and they went from village to village to village until the entire Mideast became Islamic, that once was Christian, professing Christian we can't let that happen in america brother hagen said he was ministering and all of a sudden he saw a fireball coming down out of heaven heading right toward america and he he thought no lord he started repenting for the filth in america and the craziness in america he said no lord this can't be how it ends and the fireball got closer and closer. And Brother Hagin is crying out, God, forgive us for our sins. This can't be how America ends. And just as that fireball hit the atmosphere, it burst into thousands of little fires that landed all over America. And God showed him it wasn't the fireball of judgment. It was the fires of revival. And little pieces of it landed there and there and there and there and there and there and there. And there, and there. And I believe one of those little pieces landed right here in Beulah, Michigan at Cornerstone Assembly of God. The prophetic is powerful. Can you imagine if you could see into the invisible realm? Can you imagine the benefit of being able to hear God's voice, to see what he's doing now, moms and dads, you especially? My daughter used to say, Dad, you're so spooky. I can't do anything you don't know about. I asked her one day, how was the Jeep ride last night? She didn't know I knew. She went for a Jeep ride with a bunch of guys one night. She didn't know I knew. How did I know? I didn't know because I saw it other than I saw it. Parents, You need to hear from God with words of knowledge, prophetic words, and discerning of spirits. Now let's go to God's word. I want to read Matthew chapter 13. For the hearts of these people, verses 15 to 17, the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear. And they've closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see. This is what happened in the Byzantine Empire among the Christians they close their eyes. They had no eyes to see and no ears to hear So their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them If we close our spiritual eyes and close our spiritual ears We cannot turn to Jesus For healing Verse 16, now he's talking about cornerstone people. But blessed are your eyes because they see. And blessed are your ears because they hear. John five nineteen and 20, most assuredly I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. Jesus said, I can do nothing except what I see the father do so I can imitate what he does. But what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. In other words, do it like God. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. Proverbs twenty twelve. Ears to hear and eyes to see both are gifts from the Lord. Seven years ago, I was a speaker on the venue at a Holy Spirit conference in California at Harvest Christian Church. I was on the venue with an amazing man named Che An. He wrote the book Say Goodbye to Powerless Christianity, and Paul Goulet, the pastor of Las Vegas International Church. And while I was there, I was exposed to something called the Seer Institute, and it was weird. It seemed weird to me because I had never heard of a Seer Institute, and I'd never really even heard about Seers in the church. Of course, I've heard about pastors, teachers, prophets, apostles, evangelists, but I'd never heard about Seers. So I thought that sounds weird to me because Mormons have Seers, Hindus have Seers, spiritualists have Seers, the New Age has Seers. Sears, I didn't know anything about but I learned something That Satan has a counterfeit to everything that's genuine Everything is genuine. Satan has a counterfeit for it. That's why discernment is our lifeline We've got to know what it says in God's Word so we can discern whether something is of God or not and I have these four Sequential steps that I take whenever I run into something weird that I don't understand Number one, I learn all I can about it, 2 Timothy 2.15, Proverbs 1.5. The second step I take is I study God's Word on the subject, Psalm 1, 1 and 2, and Joshua 1.8. And then the third step is I pray to receive heaven's revelation and God's wisdom, James 1.5-8, Ephesians 1.18. And step four is I don't open my mouth and criticize something I don't understand. I wait for the peace of God before I make a decision or speak on something. Colossians 3.15, Isaiah 40.31, and Philippians 4.7. I found that when I follow those four sequential steps, I'm safe. So I begin my journey... To discover what the seer gift actually is and how it operates in our lives today What is a seer? A seer is a type of prophet or a type of someone in prophetic ministry In the Old Testament, it was part of the prophets ministry. Some of them were prophets and some of them were seers In the New Testament, I believe it comes under The gift of discerning of spirits, being able to see into the spirit realm. And discerning of spirits is not discerning of demons. That's only a little part of it. It is discerning angels, discerning what's going on in the spirit realm, discerning how to get strategies from God's realm over to this natural realm so we can be successful in our marriages, our families, our businesses, our churches, our ministries. Because this is really about you. And it's about your future. It's about everything you put your hand to. Every relationship you have, that's what it's about. And so this discerning of spirits means a seeing through. How many of you see the screen on this wall behind me? Can you see that? What does it say? Cornerstone Assembly of God. Do you know that there is all kinds of spiritual activity between where you're sitting and that screen you see on the back wall? There are angels. There is all kinds of spiritual activity, but with your natural eyes, you don't see it. Just as there are all kinds of radio waves and Television signals going through this building right now because if we set up a television with an antenna, we could pick it up. Radio, same thing. There are all kinds of these these waves. and The Bible says there are many voices, but there's only one voice of the Holy Spirit. If we set the radio to the right channel, we pick it up. We want to listen to country music, we tune it into the country music station. You're not going to get it on the Um, The um, The queen station We will we will rock you And so Discernment being our lifeline means we understand when we're tuning into the spirit realm That we're getting on the right channel. We're hearing the right voice and seeing the right things and Developing in the spirit The right strategies For whatever situation We may face My wife and I faced After we got married An $800 bill that I couldn't pay And and we went for a walk Asked God for a strategy He said all scripture is given by inspiration Of my spirit And is profitable And in Mark 10, 30, I read about this hundredfold return. This guy had to give everything. I, and Mary Jo and I, we got a strategy from the Lord. Said The Lord said, give everything you got. You know what we did? We went through the couch. We went through the car. We got all the change we could find. Everything we could, all we could find was $8. Now, if we kept that $8 or even paid $8 on the bill, it still would have been $792. So we took that $8 and changed and got it into God's hands as fast as we could. We gave it into God's work. As soon as we let go of that seed, according to Matthew ten thirty, the phone rings. Now I worked at the power company at that time and I was studying for the ministry at the same time. And the telephone rang and said, David, this is Danny Lee calling. Oh, hi Danny, he was a boss. Listen, there's been uh, some sabotage or something go on at the new power plant and they were wondering if you would come over for an extra 4 hours a day. And I said, "Danny, I'm studying for the ministry. I don't know if I'll have time." He said, "Oh, you're going to have your you're going to have a desk." You only just have to take measurement readings every hour. it only take you a couple minutes. And the other 58 minutes, you can work on your, your ministry studies. I said, okay. So I, I went out there for four hours a day, sat at my desk, did my studies. Every hour I went out and, and took electrical readings and readings on the, the generator that wasn't working properly. And after two weeks, it was done. I get the check. My check is over $900 more than it would have normally been. I had enough to tithe. I mean, the take home was $900 more. I had enough to tithe. I had enough to pay that $800 bill and enough to go to Mr. Taco. But it was heaven's strategy that came to us. If I didn't know God's word, I could not have confirmed that as a strategy from heaven that the Lord gave us. So in the Old Testament, you find Samuel the seer. He was the most amazing seer you'll ever find. And in 1 Samuel 9, it says, in those days, prophets were called seers. So we know that seers are part of the prophetic gift. Now, have you ever wanted to see into the spirit realm or hear from the spirit realm? I'm talking about the kingdom realm, the invisible kingdom of God. Have you ever faced a problem and you wish you had a strategy? I don't know if you've ever heard of Doug um, Addison. He's a prophet out in California. When he was 42 years old, he was diagnosed with Huntington's disease. And you know what happens when you get Huntington's disease? You die within a couple years. There's no hope. It's hopeless. For some reason, they, you just can't hang on. And in one year, Doug lost 12 family members to Huntington's disease. It's hereditary. You got a 50% chance you'll get it if it's in the bloodline. But for Doug, it was a 100% chance. His dad was electrocuted when he was young. His mother was a great Christian, but she got Huntington's disease and died. Then his sister died. Then his brother died. Then a cousin died. Then his aunt died. One after another, 12 people in one year died of Huntington's disease. Doug's ministry is just just getting going. 42 years old, he's diagnosed with Huntington's disease. And he said, I watched my mother die and she was a good faith woman. She spoke the word over herself, and she still died. And so he went to the Lord and waited on the Lord and said, Lord, you've got a ministry for me. It's just getting going. Things are working out. And he said, Lord, you've got to give me a strategy from heaven. And he begins seeking the Lord, waiting for words, visions, dreams, pictures, scenes, Whatever the Lord would give him. And after he waited on the Lord, you see, sometimes we run for the aspirin bottle too soon. He waited before the Lord, and the Lord gave him eight simple steps. Now, you won't find these steps in the Bible, but you won't find the Bible against the steps. Because one of them was I want you to go to prayer rooms. I want you to go to this person's meeting. I want you to eat this. I want you, eight different steps. He followed the eight steps. He's 59 years old today and has not had any symptoms of Huntington's disease. Berkeley Medical Center calls him a medical anomaly, which means that's their way of saying miracle. They can't figure it out because he still has the gene and yet no symptoms. He lived and not died because he followed the eight-step strategy he got in the invisible realm of God's kingdom. Now, I used to think seeing into the spirit realm was kind of weird. You know, usually I went to a, a charismatic meeting in the 70s, there was some lady there and 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 she would prophesy every all the time supposedly a prophecy this is where you need to discern when it's really God but it's somebody trying <laughs> to be something she'd say oh
0: <laughs>
1: get real spooky
0: I see Jesus
1: and he's dressed in pink that means we must pray for a homosexual somewhere oh I see Jesus he's blessed He's dressed in blue Which means one of you are thinking about Getting a tattoo You know all this crazy stuff And, and then, then this rhyming Prophecy came around right? We call them rhyming judgment prophecies I am here And you are here And you are thinking about Drinking a beer No I wasn't thinking about Don't you argue with God That was my prophecy Come on. Thank God. Cornerstone people are more discerning than that. There was a, a guy, he just he loved God. He was a, a worship leader, in fact. He should have known better. Somebody prophesied, you're to leave your job and go minister to Native Americans. He said, okay. So he had this beautiful, great job with seniority at GM. He left his job, left his health insurance, left his pension and went out to the reservation to minister to Native Americans. Three months later, he was back and his family was on welfare and he didn't even know how to make ends meet. Lived on welfare for years and then he came up with a scheme. He'd he'd let somebody run into his car and then he'd sue him. And nobody wanted to go to court, so they'd just pay a settlement of $10,000 or something. You know what? I just want to tell you, that's sick. That's twisted. Because he listened to a false prophetic word. Now, when I would preach at Mount Hope Church, I was there for over 30 years, there was a guy in our church that he, he was seeing in the spirit realm. And at that time, I It was nice, you know, I, I didn't want to encourage him in it. But he was just really a sincere believer. And he told me, Pastor Dave, when you're preaching, he said, I see an angel on your right side and there's an angel on your left side. And everywhere you walk, they stay right in step with you. If you walk down off the platform and into the aisle, they're right there next to you. Everywhere you go, they go. And I said, oh, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that with me. And then somebody else shared the same thing with me just, just a few weeks ago. Do you know how many angels are up here right now watching over us? Do you know the angels right out there by the door? Guarding? So I'm preaching at this other church just a few weeks ago. And... It was like an open heaven. I begin and when I give a prophecy, it I I don't have to get all thus saith the Lord, change my voice and jiggle and go into falsetto and try to make it sound spiritual. Sometimes I'll just weave it right into my sermon and nobody knows it's a prophecy, but what it does in people, what it does in people shows the value. They'll see me. I felt like you were talking right to me. I felt like you were reading my mail. And so I ministered. It had happened again. This church I'm ministering to and I just started pointing people out and saying things that God wanted them to hear. And that's not my style. I'm a teacher. People came up afterwards, confirmed, and then we went out to dinner with the pastor and his family. And, and the pastor's daughter, the sweet little girl, probably might've been 19 years old, 18 years old. She told my she's over there talking to my wife at the restaurant and Mary Jo is going crazy because Mary Jo, she's just really into this. And she she said, tell Dave. And she told me she was nervous to tell me. She said, but while you were preaching, there was an angel on your right side and there was an angel on your left side. And she said, everywhere you walked, the angels stayed in step with you. And the Lord told me something about your future. And, And then she gave me a prophetic, 19, 20 years old, She gave me a prophetic word and she was nervous to do it, but it was confirmation of something God had already been dealing with me about. And that's why hearing from the spirit realm of the kingdom of God and seeing what others don't see can make you such a powerful minister in your family, where you work. I've got a friend. He calls himself not of this world. He runs a business. He called me uh, and he thanked me. First of all, he thanked me for my teaching. He said, uh, "He said, and he's a young guy. He's got two young kids. But he owns a business and he said, I applied all the principles you taught in pace leadership and all your financial wisdom from, from the Bible that you teach. He says, I've applied that. And he said, Pastor Dave, he said, Tara and I, we just realized we've got over 2 million in net assets. And whenever I have to buy a new truck for the business or anything, (laughs) he says, the money's always there. He said, I don't even have to have a budget anymore. And he said, but the best thing is, he's got about 80 employees now. He said, the best thing, I've led most of them to Jesus. He brings them in their office, presents the gospel to them, and he listens for God for something that will speak right to their hearts. He's up engaging the prophetic realm to bring people to Jesus. And now when you see his guys all over in the trucks, I just say, thank you, Jesus, for an entrepreneur businessman that also knows how to engage the prophetic realm. But you know, all of God's people can engage the prophetic realm. All of God's people can, if you're willing to be discerning. The first start, put God's word first. Read it every day. I recommend that every Christian read through the Bible. If if you will read through the Bible and honor God's word and honor the supernatural, God will bring it to you. You'll be able to see things you couldn't see and hear things From the realm of the spirit that you've never heard. Now, I'm not talking about New Age stuff. New Age people have got no legal right to engage the invisible realm. They become nothing but psychics and spiritists. And we've got to know the real Jesus. I'm not talking about the Christ consciousness. I'm not talking about the Jesus who is a God of this planet alone. I'm not talking about the Jesus who once became the Christ because he worked up to master status or guru status. Jesus is not a guru. Some say guru is just a teacher. No, guru is more than a teacher. It's occult. It's used in Hinduism. And of course, New Ageism. In new age, they always have clues. Well, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I don't believe in organized religion. Because I believe that when they had the Nicene, the, the meeting in Nicaea where they came up with the Nicene Creed, I believe they changed the Bible just to keep regular people in bondage. Oh, come on. Let me tell you who the real Jesus is. The real Jesus is the creator of everything that was created. The real Jesus created you. The real Jesus holds you together. By him do all things consist. That means if Jesus were not holding you together, you would spontaneously combust. You'd be gone. Offend Jesus enough? Boy, think how forgiving he is. Boy, I thank God he put up with me for so long and was merciful. And you think of all that junk in your life, past or present, and how Jesus is merciful to you to continue to hold you together and not let the devil take you out. So you got to know the real Jesus. He's the creator. He is the eternal son of God. Conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Blessed Virgin Mary. He lived a sinless life. He went about doing good, healing people that were oppressed of the devil. He did miracles. He died on the cross for the sin of the world. My sin. Yours. He was raised from the dead. He ascended into heaven and he promised to come again. That's the Jesus I worship. I don't worship a kundalini spirit. I worship Jesus and the Holy Spirit. There's a kundalini spirit loose in the world that teaches the Christ consciousness. Don't you believe it? I don't want a Christ consciousness. I want Jesus Christ, the person, the son of God. Now, Jesus made an amazing statement when he talked about those who love him. And you can, you can find a lot of this in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. But he made this amazing statement that makes me believe that every born-again person, everyone who's given their life to Jesus has the ability to receive input from the invisible kingdom of God. That's why I say discernment is our lifeline. Because we don't want to ever accept a counterfeit. We don't ever want to get into our own desire. We don't want to prophesy our own desires. We want to make sure it's it's coming from God. And anything, whether it's a teaching or a practice that's out of harmony with God's word, uh, is there's a demon spirit behind it, a seducing spirit or a doctrine of a demon that is designed to steal from you, kill something in your life, or destroy you. Steal, kill, destroy. That's the purpose of Of the enemy. And Paul got so upset with that lady walking around advertising his meeting that he just cast the spirit out. So we've got to practice not just looking with our natural eyes, but with our spirit eyes eyes that see and ears that hear. Lot chose the land because it looked good to his natural eye. It was the worst thing he could have done for his whole family. Worst thing he could have done, he lost everything. It says in Genesis 13, he took a long look at how good that land looked. Looked good in the natural, but he should have been listening here. He didn't know the devastation that would come to his whole family. There is an invisible realm. Do You believe that? Let me read a scripture that we often pass over. I know you've read it a hundred times. Some of you have read it 32 times. Some of you never read it. But Jesus said this, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, it is he that loveth me. And he that loveth me will be loved of by my Father. And I will love him. And listen, listen to the next line. We miss it. And will manifest myself unto him. The word manifest in the Greek is emphanizo, which means to exhibit or appear, to show. We look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are unseen are eternal. Now, this is going to bring benefit to your life, your family your church, your ministry, your business. I don't know if you ever heard of Mel Bond. Have you ever watched Sid Roth in Supernatural? That's a good way to honor the supernatural is watch Sid Roth every week. He has some pretty wild stories on there, but he always screens the people to make sure they have the right Jesus. And one guy he had on there was this Native American preacher named Mel Bond. I don't know if you've heard of Mel Bond, but Mel Bond is amazing. You could be in a Mel Bond meeting and he'd come over and he'd say, you know, I I see five dark spots around your heart and they could be five places that are starting to be blocked. And, and he sees them and he calls them off in Jesus name. Sometimes he'll just go like this. He's very gentle and Pulls him off. A heart doctor came to one of Mel's meetings because he heard that Mel was helping people that had heart situations. And he wanted to prove that Mel was a fraud. And this heart doctor, this cardiologist that came, had heart problems and was scheduled for surgery the next week. And He just, he's there to make fun of Mel. Mel walked over, right over to him and said, Sir, there's something going on in your heart. And he put his hand on, on this guy's heart and did some strange things. And he said, There, uh, the Lord has healed you. The guy kind of laughed and he went out, he came back and he said, It worked. I don't need that surgery anymore. This guy is not a fraud. Well, when Mel was just young, going in the ministry, young preacher, they are having a big conference for ministers. And there were some of the big, big guys there, people you've seen on television and all. And they were going to do an impartation on the young ministers. And Mel was excited because he couldn't wait to get up there and have one of the big guys lay hands on him. And it came time for the impartation, and they were going to do it a little differently. They said, the way we're going to do this is I want... Each one of you to pair up with another person, and you're going to pray one for another. And we're going to we're going to pair up with people and pray for them. And Mel got out of seat and he started running down toward the front because he wanted to pair up with one of the big guys. By the time he got up there, all the big guys were already paired up. So he went to the second row. Maybe some of the secondary big guys. They were all taken. He looked all over the all over the room. And everybody already had a partner. And he looked in the back of the auditorium and there was a poorly dressed janitor sitting back there all by himself. And so Mel looked around again to see if there was somebody more important. He was thinking, I don't want to pray with a janitor. I don't want a janitor's anointing. The janitor was all who was left. So he went back and he sat down and he asked the janitor, he said, okay, I'm going to pray for you. Mel put his hands on the janitor, and prayed a prayer, and the janitor said, Mel, now let me pray for you. He put his hands on Mel's head and Mel said it felt like a lightning bolt struck him. It felt like electricity was going through his body. And he said it was the most powerful prayer he had ever heard in his life. And when the man was done praying, Mel said, Thank you. And he got up to walk to go back to his seat. And then he thought, I got to really thank that guy. Turned around to thank him. And the guy was gone. And he said, it It was at least 40 feet to the nearest exit. And he couldn't have got out that fast. And he said, I'll bet that was an angel. Well, a few years later, when Mel discovered this scripture, of if we love God's word, we love God the Father, love Jesus Christ the Son, we do our best to keep whatever he commands us to do, Jesus said, I will manifest myself to you. Mel had an encounter with Jesus a few years later. I mean, Jesus came to him. I don't know if it was a vision or if it was an encounter. Sometimes visions are encounters, sometimes they're just visions, something superimposed over, the, over what you see physically. And Jesus walked up to Mel and said, Mel, you've been praying about these things, and I'm here to give you your strategy. And Mel's worshiping Jesus and thanking him, writing things down as fast as he can. And and Jesus said, that's it, Mel. And he says, he said, by the way, before Jesus turned around and walked away, he said, by the way, that Janner that prayed for you was me. Jesus had manifested himself and Mel didn't know it. But now he knew it. That old janitor back there. Could this be why Jesus said, you've done it to the least of these. You've done it to me. Could it be that you and I have actually run into Jesus and because we didn't have eyes to see? Maybe a little old man trying to cross the road and we didn't have eyes to see who that really was. Did we miss something? I... Plateaus are terrible for pastors Plateaus are terrible because unless we keep growing developing and Expanding we will level off and die a church has to grow And we had reached a certain plateau And I took a couple of my staff members to Dallas so we could pray because we were going to go to a conference and then Pray in the hotel. We were praying in the hotel. We prayed probably two hours in the hotel, and while I was sitting there on the floor praying, I saw something come right before my eyes. It was not an encounter, it was a vision. I saw a ship that was caught on a sandbar. And the screws, the propellers were spinning and just mud was being stirred up. The ship was not going anywhere. It was expending energy, but it was going nowhere. Money, Manpower, energy, but it wasn't going anywhere. And I saw the crew as I'm watching this. and it's, I can see the natural realm, but now I'm seeing also the spirit realm. As I'm watching this, I saw the crew come out and start throwing cargo overboard. And I remember in the natural, I'm saying, no, no, we need that. We need that. Because I knew the ship represented our church. And they're throwing stuff over the ship. And then like the camera zoomed in, I saw on the crates that were being thrown over, excess baggage. They were marked like with a stencil. Excess baggage. Excess baggage. They weren't throwing over what we need. They were throwing over only what we thought we needed. They were throwing over excess baggage that we did not need. Now I noticed something. When all the excess baggage had been thrown over, the ship became light enough to lift off the sandbar. Now the screws took a bite and the ship took off out to sea. I came back to church and I said, Lord, if that was you, Give me a confirmation. And I came back to the church and here is Marlon Lease from Jack Hayford's church at that time. Church on the Way, Van Nuys. He walked up to me as I walked into the building. He said, hey, Pastor Dave, can I talk to you for a moment? He said, just see if this bears witness. He said, I had a vision of a ship caught on a sandbar. And he just told me the vision I had had. And I trusted this guy. He was a prophet. And he'd worked under Jack Hayford for many years and I just started thank you, Jesus I came before the congregation. I said we're throwing over excess baggage I started getting rid of every ministry that was born of a good idea That which my father hath not planted must be plucked up That which is of the flesh is flesh and that which is of the spirit is spirit I wanted only that which was born of the spirit so I started canceling all these ministries we began because they were a good idea. Thanks, Denny. You're awesome, man. All these things that were started of a good idea. We'd go to a conference. Oh, that church is doing that. That's a great idea. We'd try to implement it at our church. Flesh. Carnality. Unless the Holy Spirit says, yeah, that's for you. But we found about 60% was born of the flesh, 40% of the spirit. And people would come up to me and say, Pastor, I'll cancel my ministry, but my ministry is not an Ishmael. My ministry is of the spirit. I'll say, okay, we will cancel your ministry because that's how the Lord told me to know. How will I know which ones are spiritual and which ones are born of the flesh? He said, they'll tell you theirs is not born of the flesh. Everyone that tells you their ministry is not born of the flesh, cut it. It's excess baggage. And sure enough, and Pastor Williams, I'll be willing to lay down my ministry, but my ministry is not of the flesh. It was born of the spirit. Okay, no, we're going to cut it. Thank you. Never saw her again. She left the church. Oh, great. You know, no pastor likes to see people go, but if they're not in the spirit, one little offense will send them away. Now, what I'd like to tell you is, number one, and you know this already. You must be born again. If you want to see. Do you know, did you listen to how Jesus told Nicodemus that? that He said, except a man be born again, he cannot See the kingdom. Accept a man be born again. Except a man receive Jesus. Say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I-, I receive you as my Savior, my Lord. Guide my life. Then you're qualified to see in the Spirit. Number two, what I would like to see, and I'm sure Pastor Brenda would too, Some of you that are interested in seeing in the Spirit, hearing what the Spirit is saying, is to get with a little group, with somebody leading that group that the pastor approves. Because it's got to be people that have the pastor's heart. Because people with a prophetic gift in the church are under the pastor. Just because we have An ability to have prophetic gifts. God has gifted us with prophetic gifts. That does not make us prophets. True prophets have national... True prophets are like Rick Joyner, Chuck Pierce, Cindy Jacobs, Doug Addison. Some of these guys that have proved themselves in the gift of prophecy, so God promoted them to a wide ministry of a prophet. And most of us that flow in the prophetic and seer realm, we just need to know some New Testament etiquette and protocol for that ministry. And you know what? Then you'll be a blessing to the pastor. And so if you could get together and worship the Lord, I mean, get into some high, sing in the spirit, sing with your understanding, pray in the spirit, pray with your understanding, worship God until, until there's an open heaven and God begins dropping things in you. And you pray, God, let me see things in your spirit. Let me hear things in the spirit. And then take action on it. And practice. It's like a baby learning to walk. You're going to fall down. You're going to say something stupid probably. Or it's going to come out wrong. It was right intention, but it just came out wrong or with wrong tone. There was a, a lady in our church that she wanted to prophesy. And every time she talked, she sounded like she hated everybody. She'd say, my children, I say to you, I love you with an everlasting love. But if you don't work for me, your names will not be in the book of life. You think you're in the spirit, saith God. Yay, I say thou art in the flesh. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. He said he loves me, but it sounds like he hates me. So I, I had to stop and say, Gladys, I want to see you in my office right after church. And I told her, until you learn, until you learn the heart of the Father, get into a cell group where you can practice and be corrected. and Take off that sandpaper edge and quit being unbiblical and saying your names will not be in the book of life if you don't work for me. I said, you know, we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, not that of our works, and you prophesied something totally different. That's why I say discernment is our lifeline. And you know what? She was mad at first and puffed up, but three years later, she came back to me and hugged me, and she was crying. And she said, Pastor, thank you for correcting me. Nobody ever corrected me, and, and I would have just kept on that way if you hadn't corrected me. Thank you for teaching me. Now she was happy. God wants to show you things and tell you things you've never seen, never heard. God wants you to have angelic encounters, encounters with Jesus. He wants to show you things that only he can show you if you're born again. And I am excited because I believe that one of those, what Brother Hagen saw, the little piece landed right here. this church sits today, that little fire. And I believe that that little fire is going to become a giant flame in Michigan. That Cornerstone could be the prophetic, gospel, word of God center of the entire state of Michigan. And people will say, that's impossible. Beulah is up there. The church is 13 miles from anywhere. Except, heaven, the kingdom of God. People will go anywhere to get a prophetic touch from that invisible realm. I guarantee it, my time is up. So I'm going to stop. How's that for a conclusion? (laughs) Father, thank you for the time you've given us here today at Cornerstone. Thank you again for Pastor Brendan, Brian, Pastor Neil, and Deborah and the team here, and everyone who has worked and prayed to make this church a supernatural lighthouse, a waterfall, a place where the dove of the Holy Spirit is a reality. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, nobody's looking around. How many know beyond any question that if your heart were to quit beating or Jesus were to come, You're ready to meet him. There's not a sin, nothing between you and God. Slip your hand way up high. You know, you remember that time when you made your peace with God. Thank you, you may put him down. Now, you know what? Several people didn't raise their hands. You didn't want to add to your sins and lie to the preacher. But you know what? Maybe you were baptized. Maybe you were confirmed. Maybe you were, I don't know, you went through a class. Maybe you were even saved, but you've kind of lost your way. you know, Jesus is important to you, but he's not number one. He hasn't been number one. I want to pray for you. If you'd like to know Jesus is your Savior, if you'd like to come back to him, if you'd like to repent, if you'd like to be sure that everything is okay between you and God, lift your hand up high now, right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Everyone with an upraised hand, come on down here. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you right now. Come on down. As fast as your legs will take you. Come, because this could be life or death for you. Come on down. Come on down. You know, I'm really proud of you. I'm proud of you guys that you had the, you had the um, courage to just get out of your seat and come down. You know, Jesus had the courage to die on the cross for us publicly. You see, and the reason I do this is because Jesus died publicly, and he said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before the Father. And, and so I always try to bring people up. It's your way of saying, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus, and I want to make sure everything is all right between God and me. I know that some of you know Jesus, but you haven't been as close as you should be. And I'm going to pray with you. You can just pray it from your heart. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We'll all, let's all help them out. Say this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for all the times I ignored you. I'm sorry for all my sins and anything I've done, anything I've thought or said that sort of gunked up our relationship. Lord, plow it out now. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you were raised from the dead. And right now on September 23rd, here at Cornerstone Assembly of God in Beulah, Michigan, I confess you now as my Lord. I will follow you all the days of my life give me discernment and help me see into the spirit realm and help me hear what your spirit is saying I thank you Jesus there's a big zero on my sin calculator Jesus just hit the clear button Everything's okay now Now stay walking that way Now why don't you just do something As an act of faith Run back to your seats As fast as you can go Come on One, two, three, go Now let's everybody stand Before Pastor Brenda comes back I want to pray a blessing over you And I'm sure there will be ministers afterwards If you'd like to come up to the altar I pray for you, my brother, my sister, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that God will lift you into a new dimension in your fellowship with Jesus Christ. I pray the Holy Spirit envelop you with the love of God and the peace of God that passes all understanding. I pray for divine protection over your life over your home and over all the things that are important to you because they're important to God as well. I pray that the Lord who suffered those 39 cruel stripes heal you now where you hurt. I pray for the healing love of Jesus Christ to rip out that which is designed to steal, kill and destroy from you. I pray that from this day forward, You, my brother, and you, my sister, will begin to walk in a whole new brightness of His glory. I pray that all the days of your life, you will keep Jesus enthroned as Lord. I pray it as a blessing for you. I speak it because I believe it, and because I believe it, I now decree it for you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen, amen. Thank you so much, everybody.